Torch today and I have been friends for 15, 20 years, right? And I remember Reza when he was just, you know, a uh, little apple in his mama's eye, no, right? He was just, and Reza and I have talked about a number of different things for a bunch of different things. And I see him in his law works office right now in Orange County. And the stuff that he's told me about putting together a law firm, about the software systems and the in analysis that he does is really nothing short of remarkable. So I asked him if he would be willing to share some of this with us. And true to form, he jumped right at it. And so I do want to say, Reza, thank you very much for being here. I wanted Thanks to give a you a chance to say anything. And then I'm going to ask some questions. And this is kind of an open forum. We're going to start macro and we're going to start and go into a little micro. But Rez, can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing, where you're at right now, what's uh, what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mike, thanks for having me on and, and saying all the kind things uh, you've said. It's great to see all the familiar faces who are on right now. I just saw Nima who hopped on here. Um, it's uh, incredible what you were just talking about is you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the greatest trial lawyer. You don't have to be the best lawyer. But at the end of the day, I think it all comes down to putting in the actual work and executing like Mike was saying. Um, and I've, I've said this before, it's so easy to say, you know, go around saying, I wanna be the best. I'm gonna be the best. Well, it just doesn't happen on its own. I mean, you really have to put in the time, the effort, the energy, the blood, sweat, tears. And I'll tell you for the first five years of practice, um, there were years where I lost money and was making very little to no money at all. And it was really just my love for representing people, my love for being able to have an impact and to be able to change people's lives. And so in our firm today, and, and folks who are at my firm are probably sick of hearing me say this, but I tell them our why, the reason we do what we do is because we get to change people's lives. And when you get folks in your firm to really buy in and believe in your vision, whatever that might be, right? For us, it's changing people's lives. Yours might be different. Whatever your vision is, I think is getting a core team of groups around you who truly believe in that vision and to be able to execute on that, which is day in, day out, week after week, regardless of how successful or not, you're working towards that vision. I think that's how you get there. And so it took me five years of really suffering, living on credit cards, borrowing money from friends to get it to a point where you know, we, we took off, I mean, and we did because we believed in exactly what we were doing every single day and we did it the right way. Um, there, there are no shortcuts to this thing. I mean, look, uh, I heard Mike say this before is look, if you want a $20 million case, you know how you get a $20 million verdict or settlement or judgment, you get a $20 million case. Um, that's just how it is. And um, I think there is, no substitute for hard work. I think there is no substitute for truly having the passion 
and loving what you do because when you love what you do you know i work you know i don't even know how many hours a day i work but i'm up at 5 5:30 every single morning and i don't shut down till 11 sometimes midnight and this is every single day on the weekends i love what i do it's not work to me so um I, I think if there are any takeaways, it's really, you've got to put in the hard work. It's, I know it's grueling um, and it takes its toll. And I, I think you really need to uh, have a balance um, with having time for yourself, exercising, eating right, making sure you get sleep. Um, I got Mike one of these and he refuses to wear it, but I'm, one day I'm going to get him to wear this. It's a sleep tracker because I realized I was really diminished and my performance was half what it should be during the day when I'm not getting sleep. So, I mean, there are things that you need to do because you need to be performing like an athlete does, right? You need to be at your best. You need to be at your sharpest. You need to be, um, you know, clear minded and focused when you're going to make really important critical decisions for your practice, whether you're a solo or a, a small firm or a medium firm or, or a big firm, you still need to be at your best because no matter what, it starts at the top, okay? So Rez, let me ask you, let me ask you, I wanna start with, you know, Reza talked about a passion and <clears throat> I bet that probably, Reza, you may be the only one on the call who has actually a, um, what do you call your, your firm, uh, core values. Yeah. I bet you may be the only one who's come up with a firm core value statement and Reza sent it to me. And it's amazing. Not only is it a general core value statement, it is a specific thing. And you and I have talked about how having something like that mission statement, that core value that you can give and live for your employees who are the most important part of a firm is really critical. So could you tell us, how did you come up with that? How did you feel like that was what you wanted to do? And is it working in helping your team? Look, we all know, right? We all got that person, hey, is, my, uh, is my employee working at home? Is they work, right? We all been there, right? Oh man, if they just worked harder, I would make a lot more money if my assistant would work, right? How does all that work, Rez? Yeah, that's that. Okay, look, your employees and your staff can make or break you. And I can tell you horror stories that would last for days, days on end. And look, at, at, almost everything that I'm talking about and that we've implemented in the firm, um, I've stolen from somebody somewhere, right? So I didn't create this out of scratch. But I think fundamentally, I realized you know, we almost had a revolving door a few years ago in the firm. We'd hire somebody. They would come in and we realized they weren't the right fit and we'd have to let them go, which is the worst thing ever, right? It's terrible to have to fire people and let them go. It, it, you know, there's still a pit in my stomach every time we have to do it. But if you have the wrong people in your organization, it can be your downfall and it could be the barrier to getting you to the next level. And so one of the things that um, I realized very quickly is that if you don't have accountability and it, if you don't have those core value beliefs, then you're just not going to pair up well with whoever it is, whether it's a receptionist or your intake team or an attorney that works at your, in your practice. And so it really comes down to accountability and 
you know, if you're not sharing what your values are for yourself with your team, then they're not going to know, right? They're not going to know that it's important to, to you that they've got integrity, you know, doing what you say and saying what you do. So every week we send out um, our key performance indicators. There's certain things that we look at and we send it out to the whole firm. And in this report, we include our core values and what they represent. So if somebody um, you know, helped out another team uh, within, our, within our firm, you know, we'll recognize that person and say, look, this person uh, believes in teamwork and is not out just to get recognition, but they want the whole team to win, right? Striving for the win is one of our core, core values. Like Tell us what, what those are, Rez? Yeah, so um, here, let me pull it up so I could tell you, but these are the fundamental core values that really drive everything that we do every day. So it's beyond the practice of law. It's just as an organization, this is what we believe in. This is how we behave. Um, that way you don't get someone in your firm who is um, sabotaging another person, somebody who doesn't believe in... Um, you know, I think fundamentally, if you don't share the same vision, the same core values, it's just not compatible and it doesn't, it's not going to work. Um, let me see if I could find the core values so I can share them with you. And I bet having core values makes it easier and faster to identify people in your firm that are not aligned with core values. And it probably makes it much easier when you're hiring people to weed out people that clearly do not fit with the core values of your firm. Absolutely. Um, you, know, you know, the saying goes, fire fast, hire slow. Um, and I, I really believe in that. And, you know, we've had people that start on a Monday and by Friday, they're out of here. And so we've spent a lot of time investing and researching and developing our hiring process now. And that's very elaborate. It's seven or eight steps. And we're just trying to weed people out. At the end of the day, you really don't know if somebody's gonna be a good fit until you're actually working together. Um, and so we've spent a, a tremendous amount of resources trying to figure out how can we best recruit people? How can we attract the best talent? And then on top of that, how do we make sure they're a right fit for us? So we do things like personality tests. Um, I mean, this is before they even make it to the interview. And you can tell a lot by that. I mean, it's a tremendous amount of information. We rely so much on our staff. I mean, I try to delegate almost everything. And if you're relying on these folks to drive your practice, to represent your clients the way you want it done, then they have to be the right people. And so we've, we've made a tremendous amount of investment in that. And we've got a full-time HR person that this is all they do. They're evaluating candidates and um, making sure that we've got enough information where we can make a decision whether this person is going to uh, work out or not. Well, let me tell you before, Rez, before you give us the core values, I wanted to just say something. So Reza is and I are very much on the same page about execution. And the most important thing that not only we do, but our employees do is execute. And one of the things I found so remarkable about how Reza hires people is that you want to hire people that are outside the box thinkers, 
that are executors, right? That's what we want. And what he's done is he almost makes it difficult to apply to his firm. So let's say you have like a big group of people that want to be a receptionist. Well, when they, they don't apply to the email, the email or the phone call says, if you want to apply, you got to email us this information with this stuff, X, Y, and Z. Well, that weeds out a whole bunch of people that are just sending out resumes that you're wasting your time interviewing, whatever, right? Then that smaller group that actually took the initiative to read the email and to do the work to get into the next level have to perform other things. And it's really remarkable because what Rez has said is that at the end of the process, the people that are remaining are the people that are like-minded as to what you're looking for because the people who aren't don't do the things, right? It's like the people that make their bed, right? They make their bed because they're the type of people that make their bed. Well, if part of the application process is to make your bed, all those people that don't, don't make it. And now you got the, the core group of people you want. And Reza shared this with me. And it's just, it's, it's a revolution, a revolutionary thing for me, because now we are starting to put in process that before I ever talk to someone, they have to pass a couple of tests. So Rez, did you, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, core values and we'll go from there? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I got the core values. So, and about, about the hiring process, it's a shift. It was a shift in the way we approach hiring. So we would put up an ad on Craigslist or Indeed or Monster, and we'd end up with literally hundreds of resumes. And there's no, I mean, how do you know? How, how would you, and then the time to go through the resumes, it's impossible. Everybody interviews really well. And so Mike's right, you can't just apply to the firm, right? If you apply, you're automatically disqualified. Um, then we have an online where they'll go on their phones or their laptops or whatever. They'll record an interview with questions that have already been pre-questioned. And so, you know, they go through all these steps. Somebody asks the question what the personality tests are. There's three of them. So one is called print, P-R-I-N-T. One is called Colby with a K. K-O-L-B-E. And the last one is called Wonderlick. And you, can you imagine how many people you're weeding out? Folks that are like, oh, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to do this. This is crazy. It's, but the people that do, those are the people you want in your organization because they want to work for you, right? Before our mindset was, let's go find somebody. And it was, what can you do for the firm? What, what can you do? Do you know how to order medical records? Do you know how to file a complaint? We shifted that to, hey, what can our firm do for you in your career? And here's what we can do. We can give you the opportunity. We'll provide you the platform. We'll pro provide you a place with great culture and great beliefs. And so it's a mind shift. Um, so just think about that as you're, as you're looking for, for people. So here are core values. Um, one is radical authenticity. Uh, being transparent with who we are, ourselves, each other, right? So no gossip, no drama. It's, it is what it is. Uh, second one is striving for the win, achieving stellar results by keeping a laser focus on performance and goals, right? Last thing we want is just to be spinning, you know? Um, I, I, Mike and I were talking about, 
attorneys that are stuck in motion, motion work for years and years on something so ridiculous and meaningless where you can actually resolve cases a lot sooner, a lot faster if you just weed out the bullshit and realize what it is that can get you to the win. Um, th third one is respect for each other, supporting each other with kindness, respect, and enjoying the journey together. Uh, fourth one is growth mindset, continuously learning, growing, developing. We just started a training program. Uh, Mike was our speaker just a, a week or two ago where our attorneys um, you know, get to listen to the greatest folks in our industry and how they got to where they are. And we record those training sessions and they're used for internal use. So, you know, this is a growth mindset that we, we talk about. And, you know, almost everything that we do for the firm today and we invest in is not for tomorrow or next month or six months from now, but it, you know, we're projecting and looking out into the future. Um, and last, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, last sorry, la and last one is unwavering integrity, right? Standing up for what's right, um, you know, ethical, courageous honesty is, is a big one for us. Um, and so these, you know, we've created a document that goes into detail with all of these. Um, I don't know if I could share my screen. I, I don't think that I can, but I think it's important for you to, to, for you guys, you know, what type of practice do you want to have? What are your own core beliefs and go out and find those folks because you know, you can't do this alone. I, we certainly wouldn't be where we are without our staff. We have some amazing people on our staff and, and without them, we, we wouldn't be where we are. So Rez, let me, let me ask you, could you tell us, I'm gonna type it into chat, the three uh, tests, you said the Wonderlink? Yeah, so Wonder, uh, Wonderlick, so right. Wonder L-I-C, and then yep. Colby, K-O-L-B-E, Right. And then print, P-R-I-N-T. Okay. So those are the personality tests. Yeah. And you want to, I mean, they're, they're expensive to do. So what you want to do is make sure you have a few other, um, you know, challenges or tests or criteria before they get to the personality test. So I put those in chat. And before we move on to the next thing, and look, did I tell you or did I tell you? This guy's right? Did I tell you or did I tell you? Before we move on to some other stuff, and I, we got a billion things, but I, I'm trying to limit. Does anybody got any questions, comment at this point on anything Rez has said so far? Okay. Um, oh, go ahead, Catherine. Uh, Rez, could you share with us your mission statement? Uh, I'm happy to. I'm trying to figure out how, how can I get it to everybody? Is it on uh, your website? What's that? Is it on your website? Um, it should be. So do you mean our mission statement or the core values that I was just talking about? Um, the mission statement. Uh, Mike mentioned you had a mission statement. Yeah, that should be on our website, but there's a document. I'll figure out, Mike, I could send it to you and maybe you could share it with everybody that, that's on. As everyone knows, Rita is very good at contacting everyone. So you send it to me and Rita will get it to everybody. Awesome. So anything else? Thank oh, you. Sorry. The, the one other thing that we use, it's called spark hire. So I'll type it in here. Um, and this saves a lot of time too. So you get a candidate 
And instead of jumping on the phone and talking to them, doing a phone interview, then bringing them down to your office and then doing it. So you pre-populate the questions you want to ask and you just send them the, the link. And then, you know, a couple of days later, you'll get a video of them answering those questions so that you can tell right off the bat, you can tell so much by so, about somebody by whether or not they got prepared. Did they, did they get dressed up for this interview or were they in a dirty t-shirt? Um, did they consider what their background looks like or is it a messy bedroom? And these are the things that we look for in the spark hire interview. Cause look, hiring people, it's, um, it's draining, it's time consuming, and it could be a complete waste of time if you end up hiring the wrong person. So I would do the spark hire interview before you get to any of the personality tests. Great. So I want to switch gears now and I want to talk about um, how you have found that you're putting together put together um, the infrastructure of a law firm and like there's a million different ways and things we can talk about but can you talk about generally call centers calls coming in signing up cases getting them organized getting them to the right people getting the pre-lit and the lit i know that's a big bite of sandwich right there but just generally What's the thought process that you go through? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. I mean, how many PI attorneys are there just in LA and Orange County? Like, I mean, 500 million, I don't know. There's like, so you wanna, for us, um, again, it's a mind, mind shift. So I say all the time in the firm, we are a customer service business that happens to practice law. That's the mentality I want with, anyone who has any interaction with folks outside of our office, right? Whether it's the receptionist, our intake, our case managers, our legal assistants, our paralegals, our, our lawyers, we are a customer service business first that happens to practice law. And I think when you do that, um, you really focus on who's on the other end. You know, if it's a defense attorney, you know, they're gonna be impressed about how respectful and courteous that our staff is. If it's a client, which is the most important phone call, um, most of the time they just want you to listen. But if you're ignoring the calls, if you're rude, I mean, I see it every single day. I'm inside of law firms every single day. I call law firms all the time and you get a rude, we had a, I won't mention the firm name, but we had a client call us. Um, actually, this is a funny story. So Mike Casaruni uh, and I were supposed to have lunch one day um, and like, I know where this is going 30 minutes before the lunch, uh, they were supposed to come to my office. We had already ordered the food. I get a call from our intake that says catastrophic motorcycle accident. The guy's in the hospital and, um, he wants to meet with an attorney. Uh, and I called Mike and I said, Mike, I hate to do this to you, but lunch will be here, but I won't. I got in the car, I drove up to Cedar sinai and a competing firm had an appointment um, after mine. And the guy said, but you know, I think, I, I don't think I'm gonna hire them because of how rude the receptionist was. And the receptionist said, you know, you're not gonna be, a, an attorney's not gonna come out to meet with you unless your case is worth a million dollars. You know, how off-putting. Right. I mean, whether the case is worth zero 
or $500 or a million dollars, right? We, we treat everybody the same across the board. So that's, that's just our approach, right? Customer service first, right? Um, and that's how we differentiate ourselves, right? That's how we're different than all the other folks uh, around is that we truly believe that. And so when you're setting up your practice, however your structure is, um, I think you delegate as much work as possible. I mean, if you're at the top, you don't want to be ordering medical records. If you're at the top and your volume of, of incoming calls is a lot, you don't want to be sitting there screening leads all day long, right? You have to be building this machine. Um, there's a great book by Ray Dalio. It's called Principles. And he talks about working on your machine and not inside of your machine, right? You don't want to be inside. You want to be outside designing how this is supposed to work and finding the right people to put in place for it to work the way you want it to work. So by the way, uh, yeah. Dalio, Dalio has a couple of YouTube animated videos that kind of synopsize his principles in that book. It's wonderful. It's like yeah, it's great stuff. videos, 15 minute videos are great. Sorry, yeah, go his, ahead. Yeah, no, his, his, yeah, he, his stuff is really phenomenal. So when you think about you know, are you stuck doing busy work all day? Look, we could all do busy work all day, okay? I could sit there and do busy, but is that driving your practice forward? Is that growing your practice? Is that settling cases for you? Um, you know, better use of your time is being on phone with defense counsel on how to move the case forward and get them what they need to get it resolved. Not ordering medical records or reviewing medical records. I mean, ultimately, those are things that you might have to do, but if you can hire folks um, and if you're in a position to break up the, org the way it's organized into departments. So we have a reception team. There's four, four people on our rece reception staff. They handle all the mail, they scan it, they get it to the right department. Um, we have an intake team. There's 10 people who are screening cases and following up every single day. Um, we have our pre-litigation team that handles the pre-litigation. Each team has three people on it. Uh, it's an attorney, a case manager, and a legal assistant. We have our litigation team. It's a paralegal and attorneys. Um, and then we've got, um, we've got sort of our HR and then our leadership team. And so as we've grown, and I wasn't like this, right? I used to do everything. I, I was all of those departments for many, many years. And you have to do those things because you have to know how it works and how you want folks that you hire to do their, to conduct their roles, right? So you have to do it, but as you're growing and in order to scale, you've got to spend money and you have to bring in the right people, right? So you have to decide what you want your practice to look like. Do you want, do you want to have 50 employees? Um, do you want to have a thousand cases uh, or not? And so I, I think it really comes down to um, what you want your firm to look like and, and delegate as much as you can. I, I think a couple of the best hires I've ever made uh, were our intake staff, adding people to screen cases and being able to follow up literally 24 seven, right? And, and then as we started adding our uh, case managers, because- So Rez, let me ask you, you have in-house people to do all this for smaller firms that are kind of getting, getting up and running are there outsourcing for call centers that you would recommend or would you recommend hiring someone as soon as you can to do their in-house 
you know, 24 hours a day answering a phone is not an easy position to find. You're totally right. And so I think it's starting out, there are a lot of call service answering services out there that you can use. We use alert communications. So do we. Um, it's not cheap, but they're really good. Um, and they're 24 seven holidays. It doesn't matter. And then you can tell them if it's a, if it's not a new potential client, don't connect the call to us. Just take a message and they'll email you. So there's a lot of solutions like that, but um, I think if you have the ability to hire somebody, even if it's during office hours, again, this depends on your volume. I mean, if you're getting one lead a day, then you don't need somebody. But if you're getting, you know, 10 and 15 leads a day, you, you sifting through all of those and following up, I wouldn't do it. And, and the other thing is that's really important. If it's a task, any task in your firm, put it down on paper, right? Have the procedure down. You know, this is how you answer the phone call. And we have this. This is how you answer the phone. There you go. Mike's holding up a folder. You know, this is how you order medical records. So write it down so that the next person that's going to do it, they have a guide to go back to and say, okay, this is how we do it in this firm. Here's how it is. So anything you have to do more than once, I would put it down on paper and just have a procedure for it so that you can hand it out to folks. Perez, tell us the next thing. And I, I look, this is all shorthand for a bunch more, right? You've spent your career putting this together. Tell us how important it is to track your results and what software do you use for case management and tracking? And you've shown me some of your stuff and I was like blown away. So, yeah, I mean, I, the saying goes, if you, you can't track it, you can't measure it, you can't improve on it, right? So you're spending money on advertising that you can't track back, I think is, is a total burn. And I've done all this, right? This is all trial and error and, and spending, you know, stupid amounts of money to figure it out. But so for our uh, intake software, there's something out there called Lead Docket. Um, it's, in my opinion, the best, best in class out there. Um, we screen about 3,500 cases a month. And so it really helps us manage, track, refer out case. So when we're referring cases out, I mean, it becomes seamless. It's, it's phenomenal. So we use that for lead tracking. We use uh, CasePeer. And I know a lot of the folks on here use CasePeer for their case management software, which you know I think it's, it's the best out there. Um, and you can, with, through CasePeer, what's amazing is you can pull a lot of the KPIs and hold people accountable, right? At the end of the day, the numbers don't lie. And so you can use CasePeer to extract that information and share it with the whole firm. Um, we use uh, call tracking metrics to track every incoming phone call and it records every incoming phone call. So if you have- Case tracking metrics or? Uh, call tracking metrics. Got it. There's another one called call rail. I think it does the same thing, but Ha being, having the ability to record incoming phone calls ha has, I mean, it's been a lifesaver for us. We had an adjuster uh, call up one time and tell us they're tendering the policy. It was a hundred grand. And then um, about 20 minutes later, we get a, a letter saying, you know, we're offering $82,000, something like that. So what are you talking about? You just tendered the policy over the phone and along with the recording itself. And five minutes later, we get another letter that said, okay, we're tendering the policy. 
Um, and then tracking incoming calls lets you, we use it for training a lot with our, in, with our, um, with all of our staff, but mainly our intake staff. So it's great, great training. Um, and, and really important. And then we're also, we've developed some software that integrates all three, uh, lead docket case period call tracking metrics. So I, we can pull it up on one screen and you can look at all of this data, but track tracking is so important where your case is coming from right um where your your case is going if you're referring cases out i can tell you how many times I've, we've referred cases out mike and i have talked about this and you you never hear about the case again you know tracking your referrals we've got a huge referral practice now that's that's almost like its own separate business um so track track you got to track everything uh, and if you can't measure it you can't improve on it is this guy amazing or what? I mean, I'm, I, I sit around, we've been around the pool, the four of us talking, our wives, and I'm just like, holy shit. Right? <laughs> so, um, Rez, I, there's a bunch. I've typed in the stuff that you've talked about. Yeah. This guy is so helpful. He, he really, truly is. He lives what he says. I'm sure he's open to any kind of Totally. How about marketing? Everybody always asks me about marketing. So sure. that, that's a big one. I'm sure everyone. So marketing, um, people ask me all the time. Oh my God, that's, you know, where are the cases coming from? How are you getting cases? And the truth is all marketing works. Okay. Everything works. If you're out there spending money on Los Defensores, I guarantee you're getting some calls. If you're out there uh, doing pay-per-click, you're getting some calls. Um, and you're spending money, it's going to generate, uh, generate business. The thing with, with marketing though, is you have to ultimately know what your cost per acquisition of a case is, right? Meaning you're, what did it, what did you spend in order to sign up one case? You need to know that number. If you don't know that number, go back and try to figure it out. What are you spending to acquire one case? And see if that makes sense to you. Look at your average settlements. You know, if your average settlements are generating $10,000 in attorney's fees and you just spent $8,000 to get that case, well, you just lost, right? You got to pay for your staff. Cases sat there, you have exposure. Um, and so start with being able to track and calculate what your cost per acquisition is. Um, so tons of tons of lead generators out there that you can go to um, to get these leads and to get cases, but find out where your comfort zone is to, um, to acquire these cases. I mean, not every case, look, the majority of the cases are $15,000 policies. That's the reality or no policy at all. And so you're spending five, six, $7,000 to acquire a case. I mean, that to me, that's a loss, right? So in my firm, we try to be under 1500 bucks. Um, and then the other thing with marketing, I think is you've got social media that uh, the power of social media is unbelievable and it's free. Okay, you're, you're, you're reaching a demographic that you probably normally wouldn't be able to reach through the normal advertising channels. You know, we don't do TV and we don't do radio. We don't do billboards, but to be able to use your social media to get into, you know, we're big in the motorcycle community and it was, it's total guerrilla marketing. It's totally grassroots. 
And it's grown to a level that I never imagined. You know, I didn't think how powerful one post on Instagram could be. I, I never thought you could get cases off of Instagram and Facebook. And I've been proven wrong, like big time wrong. And so when you look at your cost per acquisition and you look at something on social media that's essentially free versus pay-per-click that's you know, somewhere around $5,500 a case, it's a no-brainer. And so think about your brand, think about who you are, what you wanna represent in the community and start local. Start, you know, all politics is local, but so is all marketing, right? Start in the communities. Um, and Let's ask you a question because a lot of people, because I, when I, I'll tell you what I did was when I saw his social media, and then especially that COVID started and, and Gina and I are trying to figure out how to do our comp firm or whatever, I called Reza and I said, how is your shit so beautiful and nice and wonderful and, 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 and you told me, and my stuff got more beautiful, right? Tell us about tell us about what what we can do, what we can do, just that would be a market improvement of our posting of our social media. Yeah. So we have we have a social media coordinator. She does all of our posts. It's all planned out on a calendar. It goes through. We've got a marketing department, so it goes through there. Um, and we've got a guy that does video, he edits video. I mean, having somebody in-house gives you the ability to generate something within minutes. Um, but how many times do we see law firms that put up a post on social media that says, have you been in a car accident? Give us a call. Like that's bullshit. Who's gonna like that? Like they're liking it because you know they're friends of yours, but a potential client or to do the type of grassroots marketing that I'm talking about, um, we did a, a Halloween contest, a virtual Halloween contest. We had over, all, I think almost 200 submissions of costumes. I mean, this was an unbelievable success in terms of a social media post. It's a, it has nothing to do with PI. It has nothing other, other than, hey, this is a law firm that's putting on a Halloween contest. It had nothing to do with us wanting auto accident cases or premises cases. It has to do with reaching those folks that we weren't otherwise going to reach. We do giveaways. Way, yeah, we do. I just got a case from somebody and they go, are you the guy with the goats? <laughs> there you go. I mean, you got to relate, right? You have to be, you have to be relatable and you got to do stuff that, that you would like, right? I mean, you wouldn't be following PI law firms if you weren't a PI attorney, who would? And so just be, be a human being, be normal, um, but I think in terms of marketing, I, I think it all works to what degree is the question and to where you're comfortable is the question, but you know, there's free stuff out there that I'll, I'll tell you firsthand it works and it works. It's very effective. Let me just, uh, as we, we, we sum up here, I want to tell like, I tried to explain to him how I'm a good, really good traveler. He's like, yeah, but you got goats. So you, you're hired. Um, sometimes it don't matter, right? When I started the beginning of this year, I was unsure of what a hashtag was. Now I know a lot about it, but you know what I did? I, I Google what's a hashtag and I, I've said this before and somebody explained it on the feed and her name was um, Jenna Kutcher. She is a housewife photographer in Minnesota 
who I looked up her website and it was beautiful. And she did a little class from how to have Instagram influencing to working mothers. And I took her class, spent $220. And, but I executed and Gina would say, what are you watching at five in the morning? I'm like, uh, learning how to, uh, you know, open up to working moms with young children. But it taught me whatever. But the whole point was I executed on the information and I learned. And then I talked to my friends and they told me about stuff. And then Reza told me about the software that can um, organize your posts and how he had a team, which led me to you, Edward, who's on here, who's running this whole, et cetera, that led me to Alder Talk Live. And he's about to put music. And suddenly people are like, dude, man, you know so much about social media. And I'm like, yeah, man, I got goats. So it really is a function of executing on the information. And um, I got to stop at some point because my life is really hard. I got to go get on a plane. I know it's tough, but you know, but I got to get. Um, and I just wanted to say about Rez, he is the most generous person I think I've ever met. And you don't need me to intercede between me and him. Go right to him. The guy is, a, as you can see, he is a wellspring of information. He has learned it through trial and error and is willing to help and share. And um, I just want to spend the last couple of minutes. Does anybody have anything that's really burning in their mind? Uh, we did put some of the, the, the names of the software in the chat or in the names of the personality test if you need it. Um, last question, where does the money come from to scale up like this, Rez? You got to invest in yourself. You have to invest back into your firm, into your practice. Um, there, there's free stuff out there, but for, for many, many years, as I said before, I, I think any money we made went right back into the firm, right back into ourselves. And so I think it just comes down to, um, there are free sources down there and, you know, I didn't have to reinvest into the firm. Um, but it was something I believed in. And, and I think that's how you do it is you get a small case. You take that money, you don't take it home and go out to dinner. You, you just reinvest it back into the practice. All right. We're going to end with a couple of things. I just wanted to, to some final announcements. So everybody knows what Chopwood carry water is, right? Joshua Medcalf, something I preach. They came out with pound the stone after Chopwood, Joshua Medcalf. Now he's come out with when in the dark. And it's by Joshua and Lucas Jaden. And Lucas, it's really kind of very similar lines of wonderful things. Uh, and it's based in large part on Lucas's family situation. On December 4th at Alder Talk, Lucas Jaden is going to join us and is going to talk about everything that we've been reading about. Hey, how'd you get Lucas? I asked him. So, executed on that right so i'm really excited we're going to do alder talk live in two more weeks and then in two more weeks and reza thank you very much thank you thanks for having me thank you guys thank you guys thank you love you i'll talk to you in a couple of weeks if you need anything reach out to me anytime same with rez
And uh, take care, guys. Love you, bro. Thank, Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Bye.